For as long as we have lived, for as long as we have known, love has carried us. You're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Genesis Covenant Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. You can find out more about us at www.genesiscov.org. Enjoy the teaching in it together. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit of descending, and the Spirit descending like a dove, on him. And a voice came from the, from heaven: "You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased." The word of the Lord. That's Junie, nothing she can't do. Well, in the gospel text this week that June just read, Jesus is baptized by John. He's blessed by God. And he's sent out to do his ministry. And I want you to imagine what that must have been like for the human being Jesus. To be blessed by God. To be called beloved. And then to be sent out into this unknown mystery where he would laugh, make friends, heal people's diseases, and then eventually die. Huge moment for Jesus. And as a church today, we have a huge moment as well. We have the opportunity to bless and send out a remarkable group of people who are going into this mysterious call, this yes, where they don't really know how it's going to turn out. There are no guarantees, but they're praying and they're saying yes anyway. They're going to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in the northeast suburbs to start a church called Genesis East, which means that we are now Genesis West. Like we're not Genesis Genesis and they're Genesis East Uh, And that is somewhat temporary until we land in cities and then there'll be Genesis White Bear Lake and we'll be Genesis St. Louis Park or wherever. But, um, But for now, Genesis East and Genesis West. And from the very beginning, we focused on new beginnings in four unique ways. Uh, The first is through corporate worship. We pray that through corporate worship, we would be invited by God into new beginnings. Secondly, in groups that meet for community, like scripture circles, community groups, and the famous brew crew. Come on now. Thirdly, by partnering with organizations who are already joining God in cultivating new beginnings, like Source Ministries, 
TGIP, the Global Immersion Project, and Ace in the City. And finally, we said we wanted to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings by planting churches. But, uh, and we've joked about it, like originally we thought our first church plant should be called Exodus um, for obvious reasons. But then the more we dreamed and thought and planned and listened, we wanted to start a family of Genesis churches who share Genesis's, Genesis's values, vision, and DNA. And that's when Aaron and Kate Freer uh, really came into the spotlight and the focus because um, they've been marked by God through Genesis, and they wanted to start a church that reflected those values where they live. So uh, you might ask why the Twin Cities needs more churches, and that might be a great question. Uh, and I could, I could quote the different stats about people who don't go to church, but there's a more compelling reason for me why we want to start churches, and that is for the members of the, church, of the launch team, Aaron and Kate, their families, and the different families who say yes to that, they are changed irrevocably. And transformed people end up transforming the little circles in which they live, their workplaces, their families, and that's how that works. There's a deep yes that you have to keep offering to God when you do something risky like planting a church. And it's not just Aaron and Kate that are doing the risky yes. It's the rest of you as well. The transformation that happens in a group of people who decide to start a church together changes the fabric of their families, their workplaces, and their friendships. Now, Aaron has wrestled down the demons of discerning God's will for his life and their lives. Aaron and Kate have done that together. Uh, he and his wife, Kate, have been through a rigorous assessment process, and they will laugh because it really was that. Aaron has personally invited each and every member of the core team to join Genesis East. He's spent time raising money. He's made dozens of calls looking for places to meet for worship. This is a very big deal for him, and it's a very big deal for us, for Genesis, and one that I take really seriously. And I've had the chance to see Aaron's heart for people, his character, his integrity, and I am so honored that he would choose to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings with the Genesis family. So uh, Aaron, would you join me up here? He doesn't give it up for Aaron as he comes up. It also happens to be Aaron's birthday. So, you know, we should probably sing. Can, can, oh boy. Can someone start it, though? Because I can't. Could so So, Aaron, as you imagine Genesis East embedding in the northeast suburbs, whether that's Matamidi, Wiper Lake, or some other city, what are some of the hopes and dreams you have for people? Uh, I was thinking about, am I on? Yeah. I was thinking about this morning, uh, just no longer permission to live anonymous lives, if that makes sense. Um, for, for so many of my years, and maybe you share the same story of like, 
we just kind of fit church into all the other stuff. Uh, and then we could show up and we could leave and not many people would know if we were there on a Sunday or not. And so the hope with Genesis East is really that, um, and, and quite frankly, it may be a little bit scary, but people would know you're there and people would know when you're missing. Um, yeah. Um, and so in, in addition to, to breaking that mold of like anonymous lives separate from each other, um, there's, there seems to be this, uh, this layered way that we kind of live our lives where it actually takes like direct eye-to-eye contact and interaction to figure out what is at the core of who you are. And so Genesis East is going to be this hopeful place where we break down some of those layers and we, we discover together like who we were meant to be, who we feel called to be. Um, a place that gives you permission. Um, my, my analogy with the church I, I, I grew up and worked at for a while was before every service, uh, we'd kind of tidy up our lives. And so like, if I was feeling like full of grief or pain, I'd kind of put that in the trunk. Uh, and if I was feeling sad or depressed about something, I'd put it in the glove box. And I'd try to tidy up my life before I entered the church building. And then we'd all interact with each other uh, and smile maybe a little bit of a fake smile and say like, I'm good. Are you good? We're good. Let's just not talk. Um, so the permission and the hope for Genesis East and the Northeast Metro is that you wouldn't feel the pressure whatsoever to tidy up before you entered the doors. That if your pain and your questions and doubt and all the things that are welcome are to be transformed, they have to see the light just like we sang about. Um, that if we present those things to each other, as scary as that might be, as vulnerable as that might be, we value vulnerability. Um, so the hope is deep that there's this current within us where we're so curious about well, what, what, God, what might God be like that we haven't discovered yet. And part of that discovery is through our interaction with each other. Well, I uh, thank you, Aaron, for that, and I can vouch that, that that really is Aaron's like personal vision for the environments that he creates, even if it's across the table or if you get invited to his house. He really cares that uh, people are seen and missed if they're not there, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. So that I know that comes from your heart, uh, Aaron. What is what are uh, what is one of your biggest challenges that we can pray for you and for Genesis East about? Uh, this whole journey of church planting has been kind of like the, the crashing together of two paradigms. Um, and I'd call one like the scarcity model and one like God's provision. Um, and so I think of the journey of wandering in the wilderness and the Israelites had to wait each day for the manna, for the nourishment, for what they needed. And they, they couldn't gather more. They couldn't store up like for tomorrow. And I think the way you can pray for me is oftentimes if I'm at step one or two, I'm thinking about like, well, how do we get to step nine or 10? And then I see a gap in between. And I'm like, there is no way this is ever going to work. 
<laughs> sounds so dramatic. Uh, but it, it is. Uh, so th- the way you can pray for me specifically, and, and I think Genesis East, is that we would learn to live in the provision of today. Oh, that's good. Well, we can agree to pray for Aaron and for Genesis East specifically about that. Yes? yes. And about other things. Incredible. Uh, well, we uh, have asked three Genesis East people to share a little bit about their own journey of saying yes. So I'm going to let Aaron um, take it from here. Uh, all right. Well, these three people, and you guys can kind of come up and stand on the side over here if you want to at this time. Uh, one of the most profound... Here, let me, I've got my notes in there. <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> Test number one. <laughs> Uh, meeting with people at coffee shops and in homes and getting to encounter people's stories uh, is one of the more transforming parts of this church planting journey. Uh, And so today we have three very special people to me um, and to the Genesis East and Genesis community. Um, We have Verna, who her husband and her, her husband John and her live in what they affectionately call the little house in the woods in Scandia. Uh, she is an artist who loves and sees people well. We have Joel, him and his wife Danielle, and their two adorable daughters who made their debut at this year's Christmas party. Um, Joel has a passion for music. He makes friendship easy, uh, and they make their home in North St. Paul. And we have Julie. Julie and her husband Ray live in White Bear Lake. Uh, she is an author and a gentle and nurturing soul. And so I'm excited for you to hear uh, a little snippet uh, into each of their stories. Is it on? Good morning, Genesis. Wow, you guys are a beautiful sight. Aaron asked me to speak today about new beginnings. But before I begin, I would like to share that I actually knew Aaron and Kate before. We attended the same big box church together. I think that I might have introduced myself to Aaron once, um, but I came here and saw him here and was surprised. So so how did I get here? Let's talk about that for a quick minute. It's a, it's a new beginning story. And here's a weird thing. In 1980, I owned a condominium right next door to here. So the very next building from where we're standing over there, I lived there. So that's just a weird thing. Anyway, like I said before, I was part of a big box church for about 10 years. My son, Charlie, who's right there. (laughs) I'm Charlie's mom. (laughs) I love being Charlie's mom. But anyway, my son, Charlie, was attending uh, the table at CPC, Christ Presbyterian Church, and invited my husband, John, and I to attend with he and his wife, Carla. We went a few times. It was really, really, really far away from Scandia. And it was on Sunday night, so it wasn't a very good fit for us. But we loved being with them. So this was a season when Charlie was not very um, 
fond of my Christianity. But I met um, some of you guys at those services. Charlie talked about this pastor guy, Steve Weens, and said that he had a podcast. So I started listening to that and was a little bit intrigued. He also told me that he was starting a church with Haynes. And I was a little bit intrigued by that. I'm still going to my big box church, but I start listening to every single, I've listened to every single message, um, Genesis message. And um, so let me talk a little bit about my husband, John. He did not like the big box church. We almost always got into a fight if he went with me. So I pretty much worshiped by myself, but I prayed that he would worship with me. I hungered to share worship with my husband. I also knew that he was wrestling with some of the conventional evangelical stuff of that church, and uh, I did understand that, but I still wanted very much that he could have the spiritual nourishment that comes from being in fellowship, as you guys know. So in the meantime, Charlie began attending Genesis, and I started listening, like I said, to the weekly messages. So one day, I asked Charlie for permission to come to attend a Genesis service. That's right, I asked my son permission. He said yes. <clears throat> I can't remember if he was at the first service that I attended, but the very first service that I attended, Becky Patton preached. And I was just blown away, A, that there was a woman on the stage, because that would never happen at my church, and B, that she, like, knew her stuff. It was great. So I was, like, hi. And then the next, <laughs> I was. I know, I haven't even heard Ween's, you know, talk from up here. So the next week I show up, and Sinead Barry Lucas preached and got me to sign up for the marathon, but that's another story. <laughs> and so my beginning with Genesis started almost two years ago. It was a strange transitional time in my spiritual journey. I felt as if I was cheating on my church. I noticed all the ways that this church was different. You people hug a lot. <laughs> I was weirded out by the all plays, but then I loved it when kids chimed in and spoke their truth, their beautiful truths, and I kept coming back. I love sitting and standing and singing with my son next to me. And then one Sunday, Weens preached on John 17. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. He talked about how we are beloved messes. And that in our belovedness, we are set, up, we are set apart to set others free. And I began to understand that I was experiencing spiritual healing here in this church community. Right here in this place, a deep spiritual longing to wrestle with those truths with others was being met. So we know that our lives are filled with endings and new beginnings. Every new beginning comes from another beginning's end. But they are spanned by this really long period of time we call transition. And I'm not ever my best in those times. It's a little bit like being in the wilderness. I know that God is there, but I'm not behaving really well. So this transition, we're straddling an ending and a new beginning, 
And uh, it just feels awkward, these transitional times. So in leaving Genesis, I am entering into a new beginning with Genesis East. Let me tell you how it happened, though, because that's a story in itself. Now remember, I've been praying fervently for my husband to worship with me. I invited him to Genesis in 2016, and he came once. And then he decided to come again. Oddly enough, the time that he came was when Aaron was preaching. Now, I knew that Aaron was doing the church plant, but I didn't want to mess things up or say anything to my husband, so I didn't. So we sat right down there, and Aaron preached, and he was a wow. You know Aaron. He was busy being Aaron, humble, and just really blew my husband's socks off. So my husband turns to me after Aaron's finished preaching, and he says, that's my guy. Something just quickened, and I felt a thrill in my spirit. I think John spoke to Aaron after church that day, and he decided that he wanted to go to Genesis East, but we didn't say anything to Aaron at that time. We met with Kate and he and had dinner together, had a beautiful meal, and John told Aaron at that time that we were going to come with him. Pretty thrilling. They have some kind of a connection that I don't understand. It's like their spirits have known each other in another time and place. So what it means for me is that I'm leaving a place that I've come to know as my spiritual community. It's hard to leave you guys. It's really hard. It's hard to think about not worshiping with my son every week. It has been such a holy and sacred place for me to stand. And yet I feel excited about being sent out. Because isn't that what we're supposed to do? Be sent out? I came here and found a place where people wanted to meet me where I was, in the mess of my life, in spaces where I'm grappling with God, with his mercy and his grace. I have never felt so much acceptance and love in a church community. And because of that love, I'm able to take these seeds that you all have planted in me, with me, to a new community, and I can offer those seeds to others. I covet your prayers as we embark on this new beginning. And I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. You guys. Thank you. Hello, everybody. So I had a plan, and then Aaron went and talked about being authentic and vulnerable. Um, So I'll try that a little bit. (laughs) Um, My story... uh, starts a few years ago. I'm, I'm sort of in a new beginning inception phase right now where I have many new beginnings inside of a new beginning. Um, and uh, this, the first part of that is that we moved to Minnesota two years ago and uh, that was at the end of a really painful um, relationship with church ministry. Um, I was in church ministry for basically since I graduated high school until then, so about the span of 10 years, um, and at one church for five years, and uh, that experience left me and my family extremely hurt and uh, wanting nothing to do with church ministry. 
Luckily, I have a saint of a wife who um, spoke some sense into me because at one point I said, I'm done like with church ministry altogether. I'm, I, I can't do it anymore. The way that people treat each other is terrible, and um, I didn't want any part of that. Um, and I was going to become an electrician at one point. Uh, my dad's an electrician, and he said, you want a job? And I said, let's move to Maine. And that would have been terrible. <laughs> I don't really get along with my parents that well. Um, <laughs> and that's where I was at. That's where my head was at. Um, and so I ended up looking for jobs um, where God could use me, but it wasn't in the church. Um, and it ended up with the Union Gospel Mission in Minnesota. Um, and then the other part of that that's painful is the Union Gospel Mission, and I didn't know at the time, was in the middle of a huge kind of restructuring, and I lost my job there. Um, and uh, we had just bought a house, and I didn't know what was next. Um, the weird thing is I loved the Union Gospel Mission so much and what they do that I was able to forgive any bad feeling about that and say, okay, like, you guys have other jobs, <laughs> um, and I had a, a gift for, for design, and they had a graphic design position, and now I'm a graphic designer. Um, and I've been in that position a year. This is, we're talking about 2017. This is the first, that was the first year, full year I've done. I just finished um, there. And uh, things were just starting to finally click. And in that time, in that two-year process, we had been in and out of multiple churches. Um, we had been with some churches for two months, some churches once. We had been known to leave many churches mid-service. Because we're like, you know what, this is, what am I, I'm not going to waste my Sunday. Like, <laughs> um, and being in ministry, we were extremely sensitive to that. We, we could see things that maybe other people couldn't see. And we were also sensitive to the things that hurt us in the past. We were, one of the major things that, that was a sticking point in the past church was how they treated kids. And how did they keep, treated kids in service specifically. And so when we went to a church and our kids were allowed and they said, you know, we have a children's service during church. Do you want to put them in there? That usually was a pretty big thing for us. It's just like, like what are you trying to say? I want our kids to be welcome. And so anyway, we, we looked for a long, long time to find a church. And I, again, was ready to give up. And Danielle kept looking and kept making me go to church. Um, and uh, finally, we said, okay, we've tried literally almost every church in the, we're actually from Maplewood, Aaron. I'm not going to take offense or anything. Um, uh, everywhere in that area. Um, and uh, we're, we weren't finding what we needed, whether it be uh, all these different things. There's just a lot, of, a lot of reasons why it wasn't working for us. And we didn't really always know. Part of it was that Danielle and I had different needs. I wanted a church that looked nothing like church, and she really wanted the structure of liturgy and those sorts of things that she grew up with. Um, and so we started to look. We said, okay, like maybe we can drive a half hour to go to church. And uh, so we found Genesis, or Danielle found Genesis. And uh, knowing that there was going to be a church plant, but not knowing what that meant and what that looked like. Um, and so we came here, and we found people who... Um, wanted to see us and acted happy when they saw us and remembered our names and invited us to vacation, which was awesome. Um, and that was a huge thing for us. And because I was so done with the whole process, I was, once we knew that we felt something here, I, I, I emailed Weens and said, 
Like, I don't mess around anymore. I'm not going to waste my time. Just have lunch with me and let's talk. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll emotionally vomit all over you about my whole life story. And I did that to both Aaron and, and Weens. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it finally felt like we have a place where, where our family feels welcome, where people are, uh, care about each other. The whole authenticity thing is huge because working in a church, I remember so many times coming to church feeling like garbage and just having to smile and put on a face or having like really big um, disputes with, I was a youth pastor, with parents who I know hated my guts. And on church on Sunday, they would just like pretend like they were my best friend. And I, and, and I, and I didn't want that, and I, I don't feel that here. I feel like everybody's so genuine and talking about what Aaron's talking about, about authenticity. I'm really excited about that. And let me, I, I have to say this, talking about kids, um, Annabelle always asks me when we do all plays, like, can I answer that one? So all play, what's your favorite color? <laughs> all play. <laughs> Pink, cool. Cool, cool. Just had to get that in there. Blue, yeah, cool. Okay, anyway. Um, I digress. Uh, so yeah, leaving, going to East, things are starting to finally feel comfortable here, which I know is not always a good thing. Um, and, and so we've talked about, okay, so geographically, um, East would be better for us, which in reality, actually, it might not be, but that's okay. Like, White Bear's probably made just as far from us as, as Minneapolis, but that's okay. Um, so we're kind of talking about, like, why, why are we going to East? Um, why do we want to leave for East? Um, and, and really, it is that whole thing where I got to a point where I was so done with church ministry, and I'm finally in a place where I feel like we're saying, okay, like, I have experience in youth ministry, and my wife actually has an MDiv, um, and we have gifts, and we do have calling that go beyond what I do um, for work during the day, um, and I want to use those things. And there was a long time, there was a long time when that wasn't true, when I didn't want anything to do with that. And so I said to Aaron, like, more than anything, I'm feeling like I need to be all in, and I need to be in a place where I can't hide, where I can't just do the normal thing. Um, and I feel like Genesis East is exactly what that that could be for me and for my family, where we could be involved and and uh, be known. Because I think I started to say, and maybe got distracted, um, that we got to a point where everything made sense, or was starting to make sense. Um, but the one thing that was missing was a church family. The one thing that was missing was connection with other people. The one thing that was missing was um, community. And uh, we found that here, but we also know that we'll continue to find that at East um, in, in maybe even a deeper sense because you kind of can't hide <laughs> when it's a smaller group of people. Um, and we love Aaron and Kate, and they have been um, absolutely great. But uh, yeah, I think that's, that's it, but thank you. Well, we're the new kids on the block, uh, my, my hubby and I, and um, <clears throat> when Aaron uh, talked to us last summer, um, you know, we really re wrestled uh, with leaving our big box church. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I just want to kind of give you a little uh, snippet into how, how we are. 
Um, my hubby and I, in our younger days, were adventuresome. When Ray had the opportunity to play basketball in France, we embraced the opportunity and made the move. When a church in Colorado Springs needed a youth leader, we dove right in and loved every minute of it. I remember standing on our front porch 28 years ago asking God not to let my tent stakes go down too deep in the soil of White Bear Lake so that I would be willing to pull them up again if God had other plans. But then life happened. We rooted ourselves firmly in our neighborhood, in our kids' activities, at church. Oh, we took little adventures now and then. I went to Ukraine to speak at a women's conference. Ray went to Tijuana with a youth group. Um, and we even threw in a couple trips to Haiti. And uh, during that time, I went back to school and became a certified spiritual director and started my own publishing company. But that's been a decade ago now. Then a year and a half ago, we lost our dearest friend to a three-week battle with cancer, and it rocked our world. We'd always assumed we would grow old together. Amid our deep grief, I began to sense the Holy Spirit whispering to my heart, telling me it was time to let go and play it safe no longer. It was time to be stretched. And as, as is the way with God, little thoughts kept coming in whatever book I was reading, like this quote by one of my very favorite authors, Frederick Buchner. Faith is stepping out into the unknown with nothing to guide you but a hand just beyond your grasp. Or this thought by Crystal Hurst, even though her shift in season was unexpected, life-changing, and unsettling, she embraced it. Then Aaron came calling last summer with thoughts of a church plant in his head. <laughs> and I have to admit, we really wrestled with the decision of joining he and Kate, really long into the fall. But as God would have it, Ray just happened to be reading Intentional Living by John Maxwell, as well as Erwin McManus's book, The Last Arrow, and we both knew God was preparing us for something new. I'm turning 60 next month, and I can hardly believe it myself. <laughs> but I've decided that I no longer want to live comfortably. I want to live with a spirit of adventure, to be unafraid of what's new or different. I want to remain so open to the spirit of the living God that his love compels me to go wherever he leads me. And that's how we arrived here. And I have loved every minute. When we walked in the very first time, we sat in the back, and I just could feel the Holy Spirit just moving like crazy in here. And I just fell in love with you and fell in love with Steve and fell in love with the whole uh, St uh, Steve playing the piano, and the worship was so precious. And um, so anyway, uh, just really, really grateful to be a part of you, even if it's just a short time. Um, how you can best pray for Genesis East and 
for us as we go on. I found this prayer by Ruth Haley Barton, and I think it is perfect prayer to um, pray for us. It says, O oh God, who am I now? Once I was secure in familiar territory in my sense of belonging, unquestioning of the norms of my culture, the assumptions built into my language, and the values shared by my society. But now you have called me out and away from home, and I do not know where you are leading. I am empty, unsure, uncomfortable. I have only a beckoning star to follow. Journeying God, pitch your tent with mine so that I may not become deterred by hardship, strangeness, or doubt. Show me the movement I must make toward a wealth not dependent on possessions, toward a wisdom not based on books, toward a strength not bolstered by might, toward a God not confined to heaven, but scandalously earthed, poor, and unrecognized. Help me find myself as I walk in others' shoes. Those are the stories all around us, uh, even when we don't have the ears or the eyes to see or hear. Uh, that's the hope of Genesis East, is that we begin together to uncover the goodness and the richness that is all around us at all times.